You're listening to The Art of Motivation, brought to you by PeachRadio.com and BlueMoth.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of The Art of Motivation. We record here at PeachGallery.com in the dynamic and beautiful Peach Gallery nestled in the heart of Toronto's Little Italy. Special thanks to our creative designer, Gregory McKenzie, and audio engineer, Adam Zizzo, for their motivation toward making this a reality. I'm your host, Don Sagares, and I'm grateful and delighted to be here. This is The Art of Motivation, and today's episode entitled, Just Do It, we look at fitness and all things that motivate us or demotivate us. Thanks for listening. I wondered as I knelt dry heaving in front of the porcelain throne this weekend, moments after completing a 10K run in the heat and humidity of Montreal, Quebec, what in fact motivates me to run? And at a larger scale, what motivates me to be active and physically fit? I am now 43 and I have made a commitment to myself to run at least one marathon a year. To do so, however, requires the commitment and training of an athlete. I am not an athlete, which some may argue. You see, to run one marathon a year, you must train extensively. By extensively, I mean daily. And I mean to put a finer point on it that in 2014, while training for one marathon, I effectively ran 24 marathons. Still, I do not consider myself an athlete. It is said that we do things in life for two reasons, love or money. I assure you that you will not see my image front and center on a Wheaties box, nor will you see my lean form gliding through the pages of Runner's World magazine. You can assume correctly, therefore, that I do it for love. Years ago, tired, lethargic, eyes strained and stressed, I sat in front of my computer screen, remnants of a burger joint lunch strewn across my desk when my email rings. Today, looking back, that sound resonates in my mind and memory like the shot heard around the world. Because, you see, in that sound came the moment and day, in fact, when my physical fitness life changed. Motivation or a motive is what prompts a person to act a certain way, or at least to develop an inclination for a specific behavior. To this point in time, I had no motivation toward physical fitness. To this point, I was, by all accounts, young, hip, fun, and moderately active in the sense that I did what I had to do when I had to do it. I was, as they say, still feeling the young man's feelings of being indestructible, irreplaceable, and immortal. I had only just started to feel like an older man, tired with things like chasing my children in the backyard, running to catch the bus, or the beginnings of the huffing and puffing that comes with climbing several flights of stairs when the elevator in my building was out of service. Something had to change, but I did not know what that was. Scrolling down through the latest batch of relatively insignificant work-related requests, I noticed a subject line inconsistent with the usual request-laden language map. The subject line read, Congratulations on your entry into the Boston Marathon 5K Sprint. I recall immediately looking down at the bulge residing above my belt. Pain in my knee from an old skidoo accident, immediately accentuated by phantom pain, I reached nervously and subconsciously for my cigarettes and lighter, as always a security blanket for the ill-advised and unhealthy. I had not, you see, signed up for this race. I had, in fact, agreed to travel with friends for a vacation, and of course to cheer them on through one of the world's most popular and renowned races and tests of mental and physical strength. I was not qualified to run from the police, let alone run in the storied town of Boston, wearing proudly the emblem of runners and athletes from all around the world. When my head clears, I immediately pick up the phone and call my friend who simply states, There is no way you are coming with me to Boston and not participating in the event in some way. Excitement now takes the place of fear and I cannot help but question aloud, I don't even own running shoes. Like all those more physically enlightened and free from excuses that prevent the average person from exercising, she simply states, go to Winners, buy a cheap pair of shoes, and join the local gym. Starting today, run for 15 minutes, three times a week, until I tell you to stop. 
Humbled as type A personalities like me are when directed without option to complete a task, I agree, albeit half-heartedly, to this arrangement. As I suspect, if nothing else, this will prove to be a challenge. My entrepreneurial spirit alive and well, I view this challenge as a future footnote for my resume and something that will undoubtedly improve me in some small way, if only for a brief moment in time. What I did not realize at this time is what this person already knew. Motivation where fitness is concerned requires visualization and affirmation. Visualization requires that you set aside a few minutes each day to relax and picture in your mind that physically fit person, in this case, the runner that I wanted to be. It requires that you picture yourself in training and running the race itself. As you create that image, your other senses become involved, and by definition, you begin achieving your fitness goal, even some say, before you start. Affirmation requires flooding your mind with positive thoughts and telling yourself that you are in fact physically fit, and in this case, that I was a runner, despite the fact that I hadn't run for many years. Our minds, as we know, operate in mysterious ways. If we tell ourselves something enough times, even if it be untrue, it can become our reality. And so my reality at that time became quite simple. In several months, you will be running through the hallowed streets of Boston, Massachusetts, competing in a race for a medal that for years to come would mark the change in my life. There were, of course, many questions that come to mind, as they do for all of us embarking on a training regimen of any kind. In a nutshell, however, it was simple. How will I motivate myself to train for and actually complete this race? As many curious and educated people do, I began to immediately scour the internet for interesting tidbits of information that could help. For motivational quotes and instructions on how to go from point A to point B, literally powered by my own steam. Although I discovered many things, many of which I no longer remember, a few ideas still resonate today. These, according to an online resource I only know as Coach Jeff, include Create systems so you don't have to think about running. Identify at the outset an effective system that takes into account your lifestyle and any motivational challenges you typically have. Identify areas and times that meet your needs and will prevent you from creating excuses not to exercise. There are, if properly identified, solutions to every one of your challenges or excuses that you want to apply. Second, don't be afraid to have fun. It is easy in fitness training of any kind to get so caught up in the end result that you lose sight that this is in fact a journey and not a destination. You cannot be afraid to have fun, to pick great outfits and great music, for example, that will inspire you toward fitness training. Consistency is important in training, and if you consistently view it as a fun experience, your success rate should in fact be higher. Third, we must strategically remind ourselves of our goals. While having fun and allowing for organic growth to your training regimen, you must remind yourself of your ambitious goals. They can be the motivating factor that gets you off the couch and into the gym or on the long and lonely road that is marathon training. These reminders can take the form of notes you leave for yourself, discussions you have with others, and daily affirmations you say when staring at yourself in the mirror. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, even the most elite athletes go through times where there is no inspiration, where there is no motivation. And so, armed with some preliminary and philosophical information, I packed my things and headed to the mall to buy those shoes that were in fact there, and to join the gym which incidentally can be found at local community centers for as little as $20 per month. Obtaining them both, I was, along with a few old dusty t-shirts, ready to go for my first run. 15 minutes, slow speed, treadmill. Should be easy, right? Wrong. A journey of a million miles begins with a single step, it is said. The first step toward the rest of my life, significant though it may be, and inspired as I was, was perhaps the most difficult step I've ever taken. Not necessarily because the physical act of running was that hard, even in my body's relatively dilapidated state, 
but rather with the psychological aspects that come with any personal or group behavior when building a team or facing a challenge from new initiatives. In 1965, Bruce Tuckman proposed his five stages of group development. Here he maintained that these phases are all necessary and inevitable in order for the team to grow, to face the challenges, to tackle problems, to find solutions, to plan work, and to deliver results. This model has become the basis for subsequent models, and I believe it applies to individual and team fitness training and growth. If we analyze these stages, we will find solutions, we will grow, we will succeed. The first stage in this approach is called forming. Here, where uncertainty is high, we gather information and impressions. A leader must often facilitate communications, even if it is with yourself and we must seek a variety of opinions for guidance and help identify goals. There are in this phase no processes to speak of. There are no clear roles and responsibilities or key people, including you. We are all relatively uninformed. The second stage is called storming. Here we have individually or as a group established initial trust and we begin to express ourselves. We struggle with our mission and goals, and we are unclear of what steps we need to take. We argue with each other or ourselves and create hurdles or excuses. We must strive here to focus and understand our goals. We must direct our approach, and we must tolerate all of our feelings to understand when and where they are best applied and why. The third stage in this approach is called norming. Here we develop ties with our own thoughts and motivations, goals. Here we establish mutual plans. We develop ways of working together or with ourselves. And we make larger decisions that will affect our destiny, success, and future motivation. We are open with our thoughts and with our actions. And we begin to focus on effective and beneficial communication, as opposed to focusing on controversial ideas. Things effectively begin to become normal. The fourth stage in this approach is called performing. Here, if we achieve success, we become fully engaged, motivated, and knowledgeable. We begin to do the real autonomous work within a framework that we have established. Less, though, is required and more processes are in place. We look now to overachieve and we are prepared to confront and resolve challenges in order to accomplish the task or fitness goal. We are, in effect, ready to just do it. Arguably, the final phase is called adjourning or mourning. Here is where we effectively complete the goal, task, or race we set out for initially. We mourn because while we have succeeded, there is an end. Marathon runners know that after completing a race, you rest, revitalize, and often go back in time to start again. Every year after my fall marathon, I exercise, but I wait two months to start training again. And I always, like in the very beginning, start with 15 minutes, slow speed, treadmill, three times a week. What is different now is that I have established the framework and know the benchmarks for success, so the processes move smoother and quicker each time, and I always, quite arguably, achieve a higher performance level in a shorter period of time. Here we must remember, ladies and gentlemen, what we call the end is often the beginning because the end is where we start from. And here's where we will take a short break. Back in a minute with more from the Art of Motivation here at peachradio.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Sagares, and I'm glad you're here. You're listening to Peach Radio, streaming from the Peach Gallery in Toronto. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Art of Motivation here at PeachRadio.com, nestled in the dynamic and beautiful Peach Gallery in Toronto's historic Little Italy. I'm Don Sagares, and I'm glad you're here. Today we are talking about fitness and ways to motivate yourself to exercise and become physically fit. In a few minutes, we will introduce our very special guest, who will, I'm sure, be able to instill the confidence and knowledge we require to make a change in our physical life. I thought for a moment, however, we could identify some common mistakes that can destroy your motivation, so we all know what to look for in the days ahead. 
Recently, an article appeared in the Globe and Mail, written by Michelle Ray, that focused on her seven deadly mistakes that destroy employee motivation. Explored through the polarized lenses of my running and workout glasses, I thought the insights she shared applied to the needs of fitness training and how the conversation with yourself can be affected by committing these mistakes. Her first deadly mistake focuses on taking your bad mood out on others. In this case, I can tell you from experience that your mood will, most certainly, affect the success of your workout. If your pressures of work or home monopolize your mind, you will effectively have little success and you will not enjoy all of the redeeming qualities that exercise and physical fitness has to offer. Be human, of course, but keep your emotions in check. This will help you in the long run. And if you are a marathon runner like me, your long run is quite literally 42 kilometers. A second deadly mistake is constantly switching priorities. Leaders, Michelle tells us, must articulate the vision and allocate the right actions in the correct and appropriate time frame. You must, as I indicated, create and adhere to systems and processes that work for you. Stick to them and allow them to contribute to your overall success. Her third deadly mistake involves criticizing rather than critiquing performance. This could not be truer for your fitness training. You must, if failure is looming, be prepared to seek out and acknowledge the root of the challenge, assess the parts of the process that worked, and acknowledge the challenges in a positive way, not in a way that overly criticizes or serves to be detrimental to the overall goal. The fourth deadly mistake involves an attitude of, it's my way or the highway. Fitness training requires compromise. If you leave no room for this, you will feel powerless. You will stifle future opportunities for change or growth, and you will not be open to suggestion. A lack of flexibility can destroy your program and efforts to date. It will destroy your morale and effectively all of your motivation. The fifth deadly mistake involves focusing on the negatives before the positives. We must remember to focus on what we are doing right, but acknowledge for the sake of improvement what we may be doing wrong, in that order. How can we possibly expect to improve our performance without praising ourselves and affirming the positive aspects of our efforts? We must be open to feedback from others and identify positive, constructive criticism in order to improve. Her sixth deadly mistake involves maintaining objectivity. We must look beyond the differences and reserve our own biases for what they are, our own biases. We cannot allow ourselves to alienate even the reputation we have in our own mind of ourselves. We must be objective in our approach and continuously and consistently affirm all of the great accomplishments we have made and the future goals we have set if we are to be successful. Finally, deadly mistake number seven, according to Michelle Ray, involves taking all the credit. Good leaders and successful athletes know intrinsically how to share credit and praise with all members of the team. We do lead by example, and even in individual sport, we must recognize that there are others who have helped us accomplish and achieve our goals. Acknowledging these people will make them feel like valued members of your team, and they in turn will shine praise upon you, which should build you higher and allow you to go further toward your ultimate fitness goals and objectives. I still to this day, ladies and gentlemen, take little credit for my success running marathons. My thanks goes to my life and workout partner and best friend, Marina Piccioni, who taught me that I am a success story. I am an athlete. I am less stressed. I am having fun. I will reach my goals. And dare I say it, I do look good on the beach. We will both also be grateful that we can live long enough to see our grandkids thanks to exercise and our commitment to physical fitness. Here, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take another short break. Back in a minute with more from The Art of Motivation and our very special guest, Tony Marks, here on PeachRadio.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Sagarez, and I'm glad you're here. This is Peach Radio, streaming from the Peach Gallery in Toronto, Canada. Check us out on Twitter, at the Peach Gallery.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Art of Motivation here at PeachRadio.com, nestled in the dynamic and beautiful Peach Gallery in Toronto's historic Little Italy. Today, as promised, I'm pleased to have our friend and fitness mentor here in the studio, Mr. Tony Mark. And we can start by having you, Tony, tell us a little bit about your story in your words. Uh, thanks for having me, Don. Um, this is uh, uh, a passion of mine, the, 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 the fitness aspect of, uh, of what we do. Um, uh, I, I try every single day of my life to help people. That's what I do. That's what I enjoy doing. It's, this is my 25th year in the business and um, uh, still loving it. We've, um, we've helped uh, people around the city. Over 15 years ago, my partner and I, Devon McGregor, we decided to take fitness in a different direction and uh, started a, a club in the city here called Balance Fitness. We tried to do things a little bit differently. We were um, a small outfit at, at the beginning, which um, started off more as a personal training club. And then we, um, we expanded it to uh, overall fitness. But him and I, we're on the, on the same page when it comes to, to fitness, which has always been the term fitness is, is um, uh, we've always found it a limited, uh, a little bit uh, intimidating. So we've, um, we've, we've, we've always loved the, the term wellness and um, that, 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 that term itself we've helped promote and, and push over the years because people are uh, so fixated on getting fit, they forget what wellness is all about. So at Balance Fitness, we've been able to, to uh, uh, help people move from just fitness to overall wellness, which is where we are today. And that's what we do every day. That's, uh, I think that's a very appropriate way of approaching it. And as you said, most people become uh, quite fearful of a fitness regimen because they feel that uh, setting those goals and expectations for themselves um, hinders their ability to actually achieve it. Um, your idea uh, of wellness is more wholesome and uh, allows people to sort of incorporate, as I'm sure you'll explain to us, ideas of diet and uh, spirituality and meditation and in addition to physical fitness would you agree absolutely uh, the, the term wellness is all-encompassing it, it's uh, fitness just it's about picking up a magazine and seeing someone with a, a, a six-pack or uh, an elite athlete or, or um, having a temporary goal in in mind uh, wellness is every day it's something that you live your your you breathe every day and I, I don't find wellness as intimidating as fitness. So we've been able to, to, to help people and, and, and push our, our agenda uh, of, of um, uh, uh, making everybody part of this, this routine. And it doesn't, you know, I, uh, we own a couple of fitness clubs, but um, uh, you, for wellness, you don't have to belong to a fitness club. I don't want it to be uh, uh, exclusive. Uh, wellness uh, is, is everyone involved. And uh, we have some, some, some plans over the next couple of years where it doesn't matter where you are, you'll be part of this, this wellness uh, umbrella. Uh, in the in the city of Toronto, so well, I think that's a great concept, and uh, you know, it, which is uh, very unique of you and your business partners, and I think it will serve you well. I mean, people are almost forced to feel like we need to get to that gym to enjoy physical fitness and enjoy the benefits uh, of it. But what you're suggesting is this whole process of being well and being able to do it in every aspect and uh, throughout every moment of your life, correct? Absolutely. It, it, you know, when it comes to, to, to the whole physical fitness, and I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to coin it or say that it's a dirty term because it's not. You know, it's, it's helped a lot of people. It's enabled a lot of people to go from the couch to, to, to feeling good and, and looking good and, and uh, thinking clearer and, and, and a whole bunch of things. But we've, um, we want to take it a step further. We want to make sure that um, it's, it's tracked it's uh, people are, are motivated by by um, by different things, and and it's not always you know looking in the mirror and seeing a six pack. You're you're the people are motivated by heart health. 
they're 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 motivated by uh, um, uh, their their family history. They're they're motive motivated by a vacation. There are so many different things that they're motivated by, and we want to make sure that uh, you're not doing it on a temporary basis. You're not doing it because you're getting married in two months. You're not doing it because um, you're you're having a baby. It has to be from from childhood all the way through that um, people are, are are thinking about fitness wellness uh, that that whole umbrella and uh, that's you know to to with your your what you're trying to do with uh, motivating people we're all part of uh, that because it's such a, a big part of getting people from doing nothing to to having an everyday uh, lifestyle where you don't have to think about well I have to do an hour today what what will motivate you to do 10 minutes of movement a day 15 minutes of movement 45 minutes of movement so it's it, um, you know I'm, I'm really interested in, in in how you go about doing things because for for what I do that it, it's you know motivation is part and parcel of the the, the whole project well and uh, Tony thank you for sharing your story with us and being here today uh, it's an interesting one and, and one that will serve uh, to inspire and motivate us all if I can uh, shift the conversation toward the next segment of the show I like to call do you believe? Um, motivation is defined in many respects as one's direction to behavior or what causes a person to want to repeat that behavior. In essence, uh, this stems from what an individual believes to be true. So I imagine a lot of what you do uh, is creating new truths for people, uh, a belief that if they eat, they will satisfy their hunger. If they study, they'll get a good grade. If they practice fitness, they'll make perfect. Um, in today's segment, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts and beliefs of where fitness is concerned uh, so we can hopefully find motivation for many people in Toronto through uh, yourself and Balance Fitness uh, for better physical fitness and mental health. So if it's all right, let's just get into it. Um, my first question, do you believe that fitness training is mental or physical? I wish it was that simple <laughs> <laughs> to, have, to have one. It, it's both. It's um you you have it, the, the obvious is that it's physical, but uh, there is a a, a a mental part of it. In order to to stay motivated, in order to 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 make it uh, uh, a repeated uh, repeated uh, um, act, you have to have some mental focus, and we we do that as as whether as trainers. Um, as, as guides, we, we, that's part of it is, is that, um, that mental part and, and instilling in people when you, once you build up importance and, um, a lot of people don't see the importance. That's why only about 15% of the population work out on a regular basis. Uh, we have to, we have to build it and, and, and we know the physical aspect, um, a lot of people are turned off by just the physical aspect. But when you combine both the mental and the physical, that's when I think it's successful. And and I agree. And I, I think that's a very intelligent response. I mean, essentially, I think what you're saying is when you develop the systems and processes in your mind, when you make wellness part of your day-to-day -day motivation, then it just becomes a, a natural fit with everything that you're doing, correct? Absolutely. Um Along that lines, my second question is, do you believe that fitness training is more about quality or quantity? It's uh, that one I can I can take a, a, a definite side on. Um, it's all about quality. It's it's not about I, I moved out of the, the, the heavy weightlifting uh, about 15 years ago uh, because I I assessed what I try to do every day is assess where things are going and, and, and is something successful, whether it can be uh, duplicated, whether you can you can sustain it. And about 15 years ago, looking at, you know, as much younger and looking at the amount of work you had to put in in order to sustain a certain amount of muscle growth, uh, it just it wasn't uh, realistic. I thought that that fitness should be, uh, uh, as I said before, it should be more about wellness. It shouldn't be about going into the gym and spending an hour or two lifting weights. I want to make sure that when you're working out and when you're 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 under that wellness umbrella, that you can you can go for a bike ride, you can golf, you can you can play tennis, you can you can go 
on a vacation and do a, a long hike in our Arizona. You could do whatever you want. And, and, and it has to be, it's not just uh, um, the, 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 um, the quantity of, of what you do. It has to be the quality of the, the, the exercises and, and the, 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 the quality of the, the, um, uh, the, the things that you do all overall. And that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure the, where the quality is concerned, it involves, um, understanding how the human body works, understanding the quality of the food that you might need, the quality, of course, of the exercise you might, might need, um, breathing, uh, and how that plays into your, your daily regimen. And, uh, and, and certainly, uh, would you agree that a lot of water plays part of, of great quality of life and physical fitness? Yeah, it's, those are all parts of, um, those are all parts of it. It's interesting that you brought up water because the, the, um, uh, yesterday I was reading an article about how the importance of water and um, how it's been grossly misrepresented for you know over all these years that uh, that we need a, an excess amount personally I believe you know the body is made up of mostly water mm -hmm. and you need to make sure that you're you're replenishing what you're losing uh, uh, performance tends to diminish uh, if you're not properly hydrated but the, the the latest research says that it does those things are true but at an elite level you you they're not seeing that 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 huge drop in performance so now they're questioning how much water i'm not going to allow a lot of what i do is, is logic uh you know you you decipher uh information on a daily basis what's what uh, what's coming out and and so on but um you know, it's going back to the, the original question, uh, uh, quality over quantity. It's we always start with education and the education always tend to lead towards a better quality of everything, quality of life, quality of the, the, the fitness regime, quality of you know, the food you, you put into the, the system. So it all stems from, from, from you know, that quantity versus quality is um, it's, it's all starts from, with, with uh, uh, education, you know, knowledge. And the more knowledge you have, I think you'll end up with the quality over the quantity. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, education and knowledge, of course, equals power. And, and certainly you can appreciate better than any of us that the, the power and strength that you find within mentally and physically will uh, will lead to a better quality of life, as you say, and certainly to, to more wellness. Um, you know, talking about elite athletes, talking about personal growth at any capacity, do you believe that uh, setting goals is important in your fitness regimen? In everything you do. I, 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 I use that, um, in, in not just in, in my, my, um, uh, physical role, but with everything, you know, from in my business life, in my, in my personal life in, in everything, there has to be a goal. And I'm more of an A-type personality. If I have something, uh, uh, said, I want to accomplish it. I want to make sure that it's done. I want to get to the, the, the finish line. You know, I don't like to start things and not finish it. So, you know, goals to me are, you know, it's, it's everything. And, and whether you're, 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 uh, an A-type personality or not, I think if you have that goal in mind, you're, you'll be closer to accomplishing it than if you're not. I, uh, I totally agree. As you know, I, I run marathons. That's my primary uh, fitness goal and my motivation for, for exercise and physical fitness. And if you talk to any marathon runner, achieving that goal and finishing that race uh, is the only option. Um, you know, you spend all those miles uh, out on the road, a long and lonely road, and uh, you want to finish. And that's all there is to it. Um, talking about me as a marathon runner, you're a, a personal trainer, a fitness expert. You also uh, have several properties where people uh, like to come and work out. My, my next question is, what are your thoughts on indoor versus uh, outdoor in terms of physical fitness? Do you believe that your workout setting uh, has a real factor in, in your accomplishments? Well, it does. It, um, it, it all depends on what you're looking for. And, um, you know, it's it, under that well, wellness umbrella that I mentioned before. You can't just, uh, you, you'll have people out there choosing one or the other. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a skier. Uh, I, I train, I do weights, I, I ride my bike, I go hiking. Um, 
uh, snowshoeing. Uh, so indoors, outdoors, it, it, it's all it's all up there. It's so long as you're getting something done uh, uh, for a lot of people, it's based on um, what what their needs are. Uh, you have a, a I advise my clients if you have a, a a knee problem or a hip problem and so on, and you're a runner, you know sooner or later you're going to end up onto the knife if you continue pounding the pavement. You know, so sometimes you have to assess what's going on and say, well, you may have to shift from a, a lot of outdoor uh, running to to indoor running. Uh, it's it's like. Uh, um, uh, the poison pill for a marathon runner running inside, you know, because part of the motivation is being out in nature and enjoying it and, and so on. And I've trained marathon runners where it's like they hate being inside. So it, it, it's, it's a tough gig, but it also helps you if you're going to do a, 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 the Ironman. And in, in our in our part of the world, and it's minus uh, 30 today, you may have to do an indoor workout. You know, you may have to do it. So you, the shifting back and forth, uh, the answer isn't as simple as in or out. It's making sure that you're you're doing the things in order to accomplish your goal. I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, working out indoor in the months of February and April, getting prepared for that spring marathon, it, it does hurt. And it doesn't necessarily bring you the pleasure and enjoyment that you'd expect. But uh, as you said, you have to take care of yourself in every respect. And you have to be careful not to, uh, quite frankly, break anything while you're uh, while you're training for your marathon. And and here, uh, speaking of breaks, ladies and gentlemen, here we'll take another short break with messages from our sponsors. Back in a minute with more beliefs from the art of motivation and our very special guest, Mr. Tony Mark, here on PeachRadio.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Sagares, and I'm glad you're here. Thanks for listening to Peach Radio, streaming from the Peach Gallery in Toronto. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Art of Motivation here at PeachRadio.com, nestled in the dynamic and beautiful Peach Gallery in Toronto's historic Little Italy. Today, I'm pleased to have our friend and fitness mentor here in the studio, Mr. Tony Mark. Tony, we're talking about the things you believe to be true for fitness and physical training. I have another few questions. Do you believe that ultimately fitness training is for vanity's sake or are more people motivated by health concerns? It's, uh, it's both. And um, for me, personally, I don't care what motivates you into getting healthy. If you're, if you're motivated because you're, you're going uh, uh, to, to run a marathon, if you're motivated because your friends are in shape and you're noticing that uh, all their stomachs are flat, it doesn't matter what. It's, for me, what's important is that it's for the long term. So you take, uh, whether it's vanity, and you know what? I, I will not uh, uh, come down hard on someone because they're vain. Uh, if vain is keeping you... Uh, in shape, if it's causing you to get up in the morning at uh, five, six o'clock and do a workout because you, you enjoy looking good, then do it by any means. It's, uh, it, it's uh, for, for me, it's, uh, it's more of a, a health concern and uh, uh, making sure that, you know, I know what my, my, my family back, my family's background is, uh, is and, and, and making sure that I'm a good example out there for my clients, my coworkers, uh, people around me. Uh, it's, it's always been about health for me. It's never been about uh, uh, vanity, but I will not uh, 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 put someone uh, down based on, on um, uh, just wanting to look good. They don't care about their heart and lungs. They just want to look good. You know what? The heart and lungs are, are they're getting worked anyway, so we'll, um, we'll, I'll live with that. Well, and that's, I think that's a truth to be told there. I mean, whatever will motivate you to get up off the couch for a few minutes is uh, is obviously individual and uh, still achieves the same result. Uh, Tony talks about uh, it not being uh, centered on vanity, but I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he looks, uh, he looks pretty good in this tight T-shirt here sitting across from me, so I'm sure vanity plays uh, a little bit of a part. Uh, speaking of vanity, do you believe that your partner's support is essential for fitness motivation and in setting and keeping your fitness goals, Tony? I think it's uh, it's it's important. I don't think it's essential. Uh, I've trained a lot of couples in the past, and um, I can tell you it's it's a, it's a lot easier when you have both uh, parties on board. 
both uh, from the physical uh, uh, motivational part where you're helping each other get up early in the morning or go to the gym after work or with the nutrition part where you have uh, uh, one partner that may want to go out and have burgers tonight and the other partner saying, you know what, no, let's just have a salad and, and, and uh, a piece of chicken. So I, I think it's essential to have someone, uh, uh, I, sorry, I don't think it's essential to have someone there. I do think that it does help uh, with the, the, the helping throughout the, um, the, the process. Absolutely, and, and I do understand that, especially from uh, the nutrition standpoint. If uh, if two people aren't on side where food is concerned, that certainly can have uh, both a positive and negative impact on on your fitness regimen. The other half, uh, uh, the other side, rather, of that coin. Um, do you believe in general that uh, motivation, positive feedback, and affirmations um, are as essential as nutrition, uh, etc., in your fitness uh, training? Absolutely. It's uh, people. It doesn't matter who we are uh, and what we do. We like to hear that we've done a good job. Uh, um, I do not want people lying to me. I don't. I don't lie to my clients. Uh, some may tell you that I. Um, when they they finally hear a compliment, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's long in coming. But I, I'm I'm really when someone does something that that's that's deserving of a of a, of a compliment or they've accomplished something, I think it, it, the feedback is really important. You know, the, just a, to a pat on the back or saying you did a good job can go a long way. You know, positive reinforcement. And all that's what I do on a daily basis is to make sure that, you know, you're 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 seeing results and, and you're you're not just coming to the, 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 the club or, or working it outside uh, and just for the sake of it. it. There should be some some end goal, just like how we just spoke about goals and, and setting goals. Well when you accomplish those goals, I think it it's 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 very uh, positive to, to to let someone know that uh, they've done a good job. Well, and I think uh, most people, obviously, and, and rightfully so, will consider you sort of their fitness leader and their fitness mentor. So we do look for approval uh, from those people we trust and choose to collaborate with. And uh, and it starts from a very early age. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, do you believe that motivating your children from an early age uh, to exercise is important in their mental and physical health and growth? Oh, absolutely. This is a, a, a very important part um uh, of my 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 fitness uh, 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 future is is making sure that that kids are are properly motivated um, uh, uh, towards towards fitness. It's um, uh, uh, most people recognize now that you know obesity amongst kids is is quite high, and it's due to you know today's lifestyle. You know they they're not as active. They are in front of a, a computer or some kind of screen on a on a, a daily basis for extended period of time, and it, it's we're we're not doing enough. It, it, it's uh, I, I'm trying. It's it's part of my 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 uh, future plans to make sure that the kids are back doing lots of activity again, and um, we have to motivate them. We have to make sure that there are things that kids are. Uh, we were motivated by uh, I think a lot less. Uh, when we were growing up, now you actually have to dangle that carrot, a bigger carrot, in front of them to get them uh, working out. But uh, it's it's very important that we do because our healthcare system cannot sustain uh, the level it's at with kids that are, that are getting sick early. It's not designed for 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 to take on kids that are obese, and that means leading to diabetes, heart attacks. Uh, uh, all kinds of uh, cardiovascular diseases uh, because they're they're not they're not uh, they're not active enough. So it um, it is very important to motivate them at an early age, get them into a routine, so it becomes part of a lifestyle. It becomes becomes part of that wellness that I was talking about. Well, and that makes a lot of sense. And I, and you uh, you alluded to it quite astutely at the at the beginning of our interview. Uh, education is is an area that many people, quite frankly, lack. They don't understand the human body. They don't understand the impact of the foods they eat. They don't understand the uh, the impact of being sedentary and uh, choosing your iPad over your hockey stick. Um, and I, I think the work that you're doing will will have quite a positive impact. And the education that you can provide will will certainly make a difference in society, which is 
is no small feat. Um, what what is one key piece of advice that you believe will motivate others and that everyone should know about fitness and fitness training in general? Well, for for me, it's 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 making sure that uh, uh, people have uh, role models in 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 their lives, uh, fitness role models. Uh, it goes from from parenting to coworkers to. Uh, uh, a grandparent who who doesn't just stay home and 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 do nothing, it it um it's making sure that there there are people there that can motivate everyone from the the two year old all the way up to the the ninety year old um, that there's some kind of uh, 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 example being set all the time. Well, I think uh, certainly setting that example provides people with uh, with benchmarks to strive for. So, you know, as you've noted for us, it's education combined with good role models combined with the support and uh, whether it be nutritional support or uh, the support of your partner it makes a big difference and uh, and uh, also what makes a big difference ladies and gentlemen is uh, the support of our sponsors here's what we'll take another short break with a few messages we're back in a minute with questions surrounding leadership labor and love from the art of motivation and our very special guest, Mr. Tony Mark, here on PeachRadio.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Sagres, and I'm glad you're here. This is Peach Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the art of motivation here at PeachRadio.com, nestled in the dynamic and beautiful Peach Gallery in Toronto's historic Little Italy. Today, I'm pleased to have our friend and fitness mentor here in studio, Mr. Tony Mark. Tony, as always, we'll close out our show with a series of questions that revolve around the concepts of leadership, labor, and love. These are our beliefs here on the art of motivation. I'd like to define each area as we approach it and then ask you three questions per category. Please feel free to answer it as honestly and freely as you like, because I'm sure the listeners will want to hear from you in your own words and in your own way. Leadership has been described as a process of social influence in which a person can enlist the aid and support of others in the accomplishment of a common task. For example, some understand a leader simply as somebody whom people will follow or as somebody who guides or directs others, while others define leadership as a motivating or organizing group of people to achieve a common goal. Are you a leader, Tony, and why? I'd like to think I'm a leader. I've uh, been able to, uh, to, to help people and I've had people uh, follow uh, the things that I do for uh, quite a few years, uh, just based on, on, on being upfront and, and, and straightforward with people. I, um, uh, I like giving feedback. Uh, I also like learning from people. Uh, I don't think you you can be a good leader if you don't like learning, and I think everyone has something to offer. So in 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 that sense, I, I'm always uh, um, gaining gaining wisdom, gaining uh, 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 perspective uh, from from people, and and passing it on. So and I enjoy doing that. I think that's uh, uh, that's quite astute. Uh, as you've been all through our interview, um, you know, I, I share that belief, and I believe that the uh, the minute you think you know everything is the moment you know nothing at all. Um, and we can certainly learn uh, from others around us, despite what status we achieve. Who um, who are some of the people that uh, either motivate or have motivated you to become the leader you are today? I have a, a couple of people in in my life that. Uh... I look to for for leadership and have in in the past in my um, in my business life uh, uh, they were very instrumental in making sure that uh, I, I stayed on the right path and uh, gave me advice when I needed it. Um, one gentleman is uh, Gerald Saldway, um, you know, from the city of Toronto here, and uh, my another good friend of mine is uh, Terry O'Malley. Who um, who helped me from the the, the day that I met him? Um, uh, they certainly helped uh, uh, helped me with uh, a lot of things. And uh, someone I can I can call and, and go to on, on on a daily basis too is a gentleman named Paul Godfrey. He's been instrumental in my development and and, and helping me and giving me advice uh, whenever I needed it. And um, 
uh, those people, um, and they've guided me and, and, and helped me over the years, and I truly appreciate it. That's a very, very nice sentiment, and, and certainly we thank all those people for the contribution they've played in your success. Um, a leader, friend or foe? Uh, a leader uh, uh, can be both, but um, uh, uh, it, it's not. Leaders make tough decisions, and tough decisions are not uh, always... Um, uh, always welcome, but um, it's someone that uh, that have a, a, a vision, and um, and it's I think at the end of the day, and in, 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 in the grand scheme of things, it's to to make things better, uh, not being destructive, but to to helping, and, and that's what I try to do, is uh, is is help people as much as I can, uh, uh, have a positive Im impact on on the community. Uh, uh, whether it's uh, the the business uh, on the business side or on the, the 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 training side, it's always about positivity. Absolutely, and and that positivity plays into happiness, uh, both yours and the people you're working with. Um, the other side of the equation involves having employees. You have uh, two locations here in Toronto of Balance Fitness. Is that correct, Tony? I actually have um, two locations, but one is called Balance Fitness. The other one is called Pure Fitness. And um, it's uh, it's being in in both ends of the fitness industry, which uh, one is more personal service, and the other one is more volume. So I get to see both and experience both um, both um, uh, uh, kinds of businesses on a daily basis uh, because it's uh, it's it's a different. They're both different animals, and you have to approach them differently. But um, at the end of the day. Uh, we, it's uh, the goal is is to to make people better than uh, better off than when they walked in the door. Absolutely, and uh, at both of these locations, uh, I know you have people that uh, are happy and pleased to work for you. Um, do you believe that your employees' happiness plays a major role in in your success, in your leadership success, and your uh, your corporate uh, and financial success? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think there's any question because you are as good as your employees. It, it's um, I have partners in 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 um, in both clubs, and um, from the partnerships to the the employees. Um, personally, I, I don't. Um, uh, I don't like saying that I have people who work for me. I have people that I work with, uh, which uh, uh, has helped me uh, create a, an environment where it's it's uh, it's, it's not as, as formal. Um, because if 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 they're not happy, if the people that are, are working for you are not happy, it's not translated into. Uh, uh, healthy and, and happy clients, and it's not translated into a, 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 a bottom line that you want to you, you want to be part of. So, it, it, I think uh, having great employees, and, and we we have in, in both locations, um, uh, I would say above in the industry standards uh, for a lot of things that we do. Uh, it, it does um, it does go a long way. And I, I think that does make sense, and they, they in turn give back to you, which motivates you, and you in turn motivate them through your, your happiness with their work. Um, nice segue, uh, the second section in our, in our final segment of the show is with respect to labor. And I found it interesting that the, the main definition I found for labor was productive work, especially physical toil done for wages. And uh, obviously, that's a very clinical term for it. These uh, next couple questions, you can just answer as briefly as you like. They're uh, sort of bullet questions uh, where labor is concerned. Work hard or work smart? Someone once told me work smart, and uh, and I, I I I strive every day to work smarter. It um, you know work hard is is what I was my parents ingrained in me uh, that you work hard is not an option. Working hard is not an option. It's uh, it's a necessity. So that's uh, that's not uh, that's not uh, something that I think about. I do it every single day, but uh, the the for me, uh, uh, working smarter, uh, and it's one of my goals. You ask what motivates you, and um, that's one of my goals to always work smarter. Absolutely, what a what a smart answer, Tony. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, second bullet question here: uh, fame or fortune? Uh, you know what? I, I'm I'm a business guy, and uh, um, 
helping people with the, the end goal to to make a quality business and, and build a, a, a quality uh, um, experience is uh, it, it's all about uh, um, making uh, making the the, 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 the the money in order to do the next one and to make it better and offer more. Uh, so, uh, you know, the fame I don't care about, but uh, the money gives you a lot of options. A lot of options, a lot of freedom. And, uh, you know, my nine-year-old daughter, uh, I've asked her this question before, just uh, merely to find out her response and, you know, the innocence of youth. When I asked uh, her fame or fortune, she looked at me with a confused look and she said, uh, if I'm famous, won't I have fortune, daddy? And uh, I thought, that's what a pretty an, good answer. It's a pretty good answer. <laughs> what, a, what an educated, uh, smart young lady, um, which uh, segues nicely into the next question, education or experience? It's, uh, it's both. And um, uh, there's a very... Um, I had the the um, the um, I guess the fortune. I was fortunate to sit down at a at a, at a table uh, with a great Canadian, um, Harrison McCain, and um, and he said that he would hire someone uh, 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 who had experience and a great salesperson any day over over education and uh, you know education is the key to 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 everything as i said you know part of my 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 daily routine is to try and instill knowledge into people but you know when you have uh, uh, someone who's experienced who's been there you can also learn a lot from them so it's the combination of uh, never underestimate uh, uh, someone who has been there done that and what you can learn from them, but at the same time, uh, you you get to absolutely nowhere with uh, without education. So, Und- understood. And I think we find that the, the people that have a lot of experience and have uh, been consistent in their approach throughout their life, they they love what they do. And uh, and love is the final section here that I'd like to talk about. Love is a variety of different feelings, states, and attitudes that range from interpersonal affection, uh, like I love my mom to pleasure. Uh, I loved that meal. It can refer to an emotion of strong attraction and personal attachment. It can also be a virtue representing human kindness, compassion, and affection. Um, Understanding that most most people do, in fact, try to pursue what they love and have had a tipping point in their lives. Um, I'd like to ask you, uh, would the person you were before want to hang out with the person you are today? For me, the answer is yes. I... um... I try to to be uh, truthful to myself, and I've always lived that way. Um, you know, that's something I think that you know you, you look back and you 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 think of all the little things your parents taught you, and you know the the you know all the 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 things that um, that you learn from them, and that was one of them. I mentioned another one before, but it was be truthful to your do be true to yourself. And um, it means that you'll you'll never be envious. You'll never uh, uh, want something that you can't have. It's uh, it's um, uh, for them. It was it was uh, with uh, uh, great regards to 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 to, to me and my my uh, my other siblings that you always have to be be truthful. So I would I would hang out with myself any, you know, of 20 years ago, I would still hang out to myself because I, I'm, I'd like to think I'm still the, the same person, but uh, uh, more, more experienced. More experienced, more knowledgeable, uh, certainly uh, ever increasing uh, physical fitness. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up, Tony? Uh, I want to be a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always interesting to hear what people want to be always uh, a, a man like you probably just wants to push it closer and closer and closer to the edge and that's uh, that's where we find that um do you apply the same passion and enthusiasm for your job and career as you do in in other aspects of your life absolutely it's um i i, I like to think I, i'm a passionate person if i take up a cause it's because i i, I want to 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 see it through and and, and make a difference and um, I always pursue things uh, with passion. So it's, uh, 
uh, it's uh, my job every day. I, I'm not bored. I, I, I'm, I love what I do, and it's, it goes across the board. I try to do it with everything. Tony, I'd like to thank you for your time today and for sharing with us your insight and direction for all things fitness. We wish you the best of luck and continued success in all your endeavors, and we certainly hope to see you soon. I'd also like to take this opportunity once again to thank Mr. Greg McKenzie, Mr. Adam Zizzo, and the rest of the team here at PeachRadio.com. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we presented a program that I hope you found relevant and enjoyable. I certainly hope that it motivated you to become healthier and more active. I encourage you, as I'm sure Mr. Tony Mark does, to set goals, to see success, to relax, to go with what you know, to collect yourself, to start slow, to play games, and to have fun. The art of motivation where fitness is concerned seems to come less from physical strength and more from positive mental strength. I read once that as a runner, every time you go out for a run, the world stays the same, but a little piece of you changes. I certainly hope we contributed to you committing to making a change here today, and I hope that our thoughts will run through your mind while you run through the streets in the days to come. A special thanks today to my stepdaughter Mia with love and pride. I'm proud of her motivation and training in karate. I wish her the best of luck and want her to know that her courage and commitment motivates me. I'm Don Sagares, and you've been listening to The Art of Motivation here at peachradio.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm glad you're here.